on this trajectory of globalization and sort of attend towards, you know, democracy and openness and transparency. And now suddenly it starts to feel like the pendulum is swinging back a little bit. I feel like the only thing that you really can do in this kind of a climate is focus on resilience. How can you be the most resilient organization possible? Welcome to the Exchange Feed podcast series. This is Tanya Roundtree, Global Head of Client Success at TMX Group. And joining me today for our discussion is Dottie Schindlinger, Vice President of Thought Leadership and Governance Technology Evangelist at Diligent. Thank you for joining me, Dottie. Thank you so much for having me, Tanya. It's delightful to be here with you. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion because it really is one of those uh, one of those uncertain things that exists that impacts all of our businesses and that's political uncertainty and uh, the pace of change for sure in the business world is faster than ever I know we all feel it uh, corporate directors are constantly working to stay up to speed on many critical issues and then uh, throwing uh, a political crisis on top of that and the potential that everything could just absolutely fall apart with a tweet or the wrong message or, or a scandal uh, or two is really, really horrifying. So uh, I'm really looking forward to some of your perspective. And uh, I know you've written a thought leadership piece that we'll be referencing. Um, but just right off the right off the uh, right out of the gate, I want to kind of ask you just what do you think makes political uncertainty a different or a harder issue to handle now than it ever has been in the past? Yeah, it's such a good question, Tanya. So we, we did a report um, written by uh, my colleague, Annie Kors, who's the lead researcher at the Diligent Institute. And um, we did this report on political uncertainty because, you know, we have this um, survey that we do of directors about once a quarter to find out what's on their minds, especially around the economy. And the last few times we had conducted the, the survey, the number one issue on their minds had been cyber risk. Not, su not super surprising, you know, cyber risk is a hot topic. Suddenly, the last time we conducted the survey, the number one topic became political uncertainty, and it, it outpaced every other area of concern by a lot, by like several percentage points. Yeah. And so that really kind of surprised us. And so we wanted to learn more, and we offered some directors the opportunity to be interviewed on that issue kind of off the record because we wanted them to be able to be candid and sort of say what was on their minds and what was really going on. And we learned quite a bit, and so we, we put together the report, but maybe just some of the, the main reasons I think that this is such a hot topic for directors is that, you know, it's a very difficult area of risk to deal with. Um, as one of the directors put it, you know, with cyber risk, if you want to try to mitigate cyber risk, you can throw money and people at the problem. But, you know, with something like political uncertainty, if you throw money at it, that's probably bribery. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you kind of can't approach it the same yeah. way. You know, you can't necessarily um, hire an outside expert to make it go away for you, right? It's, it's something that mm -hmm. you may only have a certain level of control over. And especially when it's uncertainty, you don't really know what's going to happen next. And since we're now in this climate where you could wake up one morning and a tweet from the U.S. president changes everything you're going to think about and talk about for the next two weeks, you know, it can be a challenge to try to kind of keep up and make sure that you're understanding what's happening and how it's going to impact your business and what the potential fallout or impact is going to be. So I think directors are just really um, focused on what's happening right now, not just in the U.S., but also with Brexit and also with some of the other trends towards nationalism and sort of anti-globalization movements afoot in different parts of the world. It's really um, shaking up some of the assumptions they had about the direction that we were heading as both a global set of citizenry and business community. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think you already alluded to a little bit of this, but is managing political risk in, in you know, the directors you've spoken with um, different from other kinds of risk? I know you gave the one example, but, but maybe you can just talk a little bit more about just how different it is from any other kind of risk. Yeah, it's such a good question because it really is very, very different, right? It's, I mean, so there, there's a number of different ways that it really um, is unlike other areas of risk. I mean, first of all, there's there's kind of a, a much narrower set of skills that applies to managing political uncertainty risk, right? It's it, You really have to know a lot about the landscape that you're dealing in and the players involved and the different trends that are happening and the different motivations that are happening. And it can change all the time, right? Every time there's an election, you may then need to have a whole new set of expertise on that particular set of players and what motivates them and how to work with them. So that that narrow skill set is a real challenge. You know, what it would basically require is that you have different experts who know exactly what's happening and are totally plugged in all the time. And that can be very hard to stay on top of. Um, there's mm -hmm. also just fewer options to handle political uncertainty risk, right? Again, like we we gave the example of how you can, you know, throw money at cyber risk and make it better. With political uncertainty, you don't. There's not as much that you can do. It's like you just have to be aware of it, and you have to be ready to react and respond to it. But there's not as many levers that you can pull if you're a director. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like you can just go get certified in something, or hire a new person, or open a new division, and suddenly there's no political uncertainty risk. It's there, and there's not a lot you can do about it. You just have to figure out how to deal with it, right? And then the other mm -hmm. thing that makes it really different from other areas of risk is it's very hard to measure. We heard this time and again from directors in terms of, you know, as they're dealing with the um, potential impact of something like Brexit, you know, we still don't know exactly what's going to happen with Brexit, but there's lots of different yeah. scenarios and we don't really know which ones are right. And so they're having to pre-plan a lot of different operational changes, you know, things having to do with supply chain and workforce and everything else, and they still don't really know what's going to happen. So there's just, it's really hard to measure what's the actual outcome of political uncertainty to your business. You know, what was the potential loss to sales and the opportunity cost of spending all this time getting ready for something we don't even know what it's going to look like? It's hard to measure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, given that enormity, right, of, of the problem that exists as it relates to political uncertainty, I, I'm thinking of some some clients who uh, are operating mines, for instance, in jurisdictions where all of a sudden the legal climate changes and 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 there's huge huge shutdowns of of their facilities and their mines. What what would you recommend are some things that that boards can be thinking about and doing all the time that help sort of in, in bracing themselves. I mean, risk mitigation is there for sure, but what are some of the key things that you think that the best, um, the best boards are currently leveraging? Yeah, and that's where I think the report was really helpful. We, we spent a lot of time speaking with directors about, okay, so what can you do? You know, what can you do that makes a difference? And there were really um, sort of seven key things that we heard again and again from directors that they are trying that is at least having some positive impact. So first and foremost, it's really getting a lot of clarity around the board's role in political oversight versus what belongs to management. So getting a lot of clarity on, okay, who do you have on the management team? What are their strengths? And do they have a good political background? And do you need more um, assistance or more effort on the board's part? So what should the board be doing versus what should management be doing? So really getting that clarity. Um, but then once you kind of have that clarity, making sure that you have a good bench of in-house expertise is super important. And it may be, you know, at the national level, depending on where your company is, or maybe at the provincial or regional or state level. 
You know, so I know, for example, in the U.S. context, a lot of directors were telling us, hey, you know, right now, um, the politics in Washington are kind of in gridlock. So we've been really acting more on the state level to get some things happening so that we could, you know, at least kind of continue business and, and keep doing what we need to do. And working at the state level has been much more practical and much more effective. So it's mm -hmm. just really kind of getting that in-house expertise to, to keep things moving and, and get things going the way that you need. Um, the third thing that we heard was, in addition to the in-house expertise, bring in an outside perspective. So, you know, bring in experts from industry or from government who can come and help advise your board on a number of different strategic decisions. So if you're getting ready to, you know, for example, open a new um, operation in a country that you're not as familiar with, making sure that you're working very closely with someone in that geographic region who understands the context, understands the politics, and can kind of help advise the board was a really important strategy. Um, and then another thing that is kind of just good housekeeping overall, but yet another compelling reason to do it is to diversify your board. We heard again and again mm -hmm. that one of the things that is true about political uncertainty is that, you know, politics is all personal as much as it is geopolitical, geo geographical. It is personal. And so if you have a broad set of perspectives in the boardroom, it can serve as a bulwark against political uncertainty risk, meaning something could happen. And you might not see the repercussions coming if you don't have enough voices in the room that can help represent the different ways people could perceive that situation, right? So if you have a good, diverse um, set of perspectives in the boardroom, it does kind of you know, provide a buffer against that risk where you won't be caught flat-footed. You have someone in the room who can tell you, you know, this is how this looks to um, you know, this particular community, or this is how this is gonna be perceived by this particular group of people. And it can kind of give you that advantage to know know what might be coming and really get prepared for it. We also heard about just really good housekeeping you can do around different board processes, you know, making sure that you're doing board evaluations and a good job with onboarding and board refreshment. Just keep everybody sharp. You know, political uncertainty makes everything harder. <laughs> so yeah. just, you know, doing good housekeeping and keeping the knife sharp and keeping the directors focused, you know, that's gonna also be a good bulwark against that risk. Um, and then finally, a couple of things that were just sort of more excuse me, just sort of more tactical. Um, one was, you know, you do need to have political influence, but you have to wield that influence very, very carefully. And we heard a number of different stories from directors about how, you know, in one political situation, they had made um, relationships with a set of uh, actors, which then, you know, two months later came back to really haunt them when the political winds changed. And so that was just sort of a cautionary tale. Such good of, advice. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, just, you just, you know, make sure that you're kind of aware when you are, um, either working with or against any particular political um, group, that you just sort of think long-term, what is this gonna look like if this particular group no longer has influence? You know, what is it gonna look like if, um, you know, this, if the context all changes? How is that gonna affect our reputation as a company? And so just being very, very conscious about reputational risk as part of political uncertainty risk was a very, very important caveat. And then finally, we also heard from directors that sometimes the best strategy is to use social outings. You know, really think about how you can maybe get out of the boardroom, go on a social outing, invite somebody who can kind of help advise you in a very casual way. Maybe they can't do it in a formal setting. Maybe they can't be part of your committee. Maybe it's not appropriate to have them on the board. But you could all go out to dinner and learn some things. And, and that could be very, very helpful, especially if you're just trying to figure out what to do and you're not quite sure what's about to happen. Social outings could be very important to that process. That's great.
And and as you think about and reflect on some of the conversations that you've had, were there any sectors in particular that stuck out to you as being ones that just seem ripe for, I mean, clearly I, I think about a few in my own head, but I'm keen to, keen to know if there were any that stood out as being most potentially impacted by some, uh, some current, anyway, political uncertainty. You know, it's so interesting. I kind of thought going in that that would be the case. But what was so fascinating was how universal this was. We spoke to directors from every industry, including directors who serve on boards of nonprofit organizations and healthcare organizations. And I mean, it was all over the place. I think what we were hearing from people is, look, we've been for a long, long time on this trajectory of globalization and sort of attend towards, you know, democracy and openness and transparency. And now suddenly it starts to feel like the pendulum is swinging back a little bit and that there's now mm -hmm. a move in many countries towards nationalism and sort of, um, you know, kind of closing, closing down borders and closing down ranks. And everyone sort of feels like they didn't see that coming. And so all these assumptions that we have about the trajectory we were going, so true. Kind of got comfortable with, this is where we're heading. And now it sort of feels like, are we still heading there? Is this a major backlash or are we now going in a completely new direction for the foreseeable future? And that, that, you know, feeling of unease, that feeling of we don't know how things are going to play out anymore um, makes business a lot harder, right? I, I, that's what we heard again and again mm. from directors is like, look, love or hate the politics, we all kind of got comfortable with a certain choreography. We all sort of knew how things worked. We all kind of worked together in this dance and the dance might have been bad, <laughs> but we all knew the steps, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. now nobody knows what dance we're doing. Um, and so they're feeling very uncertain. So I, I, I think what's going to be interesting is just to sort of see how this this plays out. Um, it, to me, this political uncertainty is really no different in, in its um, critical, critical nature to like technology uncertainty, right? There's just so much about what we are dealing with as organizations right now that feels unsure, that feels uncertain. And I feel like the only thing that you really can do in this kind of a climate is focus on resilience. How can you be the most resilient organization possible? How can you weather the storms and just never lose sight of where you're going and just focus on that, get there by maybe different pathways than you ever imagined, but just keep going. You know, just keep going towards where you're trying to head. I think political uncertainty in many respects is that same thing. Um, it's just, yeah. It just makes it a little more challenging because you don't know from one day to the next what's really going to be coming. <laughs> so it, yeah. is, it is an interesting risk. It really is. And your point on resiliency is is certainly one. I mean, things are fluid like like never before. Um, you know, when political headwinds shift, businesses shift, strategies shift. And so uh, I'm, I'm really curious about that. When you've got a situation, you're in crisis management and, you know, you are sensing that the political tide is turning and your business is in jeopardy. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you think you can do um, to uh, to have best practices in, in, I guess, kind of crisis management, really. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I think you just you have to kind of look at it as crisis management. I mean, the way that you would manage any crisis, and, and maybe yeah. a crisis is too strong of a word, but how you would manage any level of uncertainty. You know, anything that seems volatile and like, okay, we need to plan for the worst and hope for the best. Um, I feel like that's very much what's happening for people around Brexit because, you know, mm -hmm. I think I think the thing that is very difficult is to measure what is that actually costing. So, for example, we spoke to a director who's on the board of an airline that operates 
operates uh, very much in the UK. And, you know, they had to make a hard choice of whether or not to move their headquarters out of the UK to Austria. And they, they actually ended up doing that. And the thing is, like, you know, that was a huge outlay of expense that nobody had planned for. But they just felt they had to do it because they weren't sure what was going to happen if suddenly, you know, a few months from now, they couldn't have their pilots living in one country and working in the UK. You know, and it's mm -hmm. those kinds of things, I think, um, we may not really ever be able to accurately calculate the impact on the economy that something like that is having. But you just got to deal with it. You just got to do what you have to do. Um, I think the thing with political uncertainty is that we are probably not likely to see uh, that change anytime soon. Meaning I feel like things are going to remain yeah. pretty uncertain. So I just want to uh, say thank you, Dottie, for joining us today. Um, we learned a lot about what can be done and some of the some of the things that, of course, can't be done and the uh, reality of the situation in this globalized world that we live in and the changing shift that we see in our political climates. But really want to thank you for taking the time to share your insights and perspective. And uh, we hope we can have you on again. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Tanya. It was a real pleasure.